right. So it has been a minute. Welcome back to League Rivals Radio. Um, I am Drew Dory, alongside here with Brendan O'Neill. Yes, sir. Uh, last time we talked was about two and a half weeks ago. Uh, we said we were going to meet <laughs> after the Red Sox series, but, you know, <laughs> I was kind of sick, and life just kind of got in the way, so. Things happen. But I think with everything that did happen in those in those weeks and the 15-game stretch, we have a good amount to highlight because a lot has unfolded, kind of. Maybe with some uncertainty with some people, uh, but you know what? I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> so, so first things first. Um, today, if you're listening to this, we're recording at roughly 8 p.m. on a Sunday night on April 24th. Um, Miguel Cabrera has joined the 3,000 hit club. Thirty-three uh, player, thirty-third player to only do that in history. Third player with more than 500 home runs. And you got to witness it, Brennan. I did. Um, haven't seen a stadium like that probably since since a postseason run. Um, hasn't been a wo- – I don't want to say a wanting to go to a game, but like a willingness to try to like really get to a game in a very long time. Uh, obviously, I went to opening day, and opening day has its own – energy its own vibe but this 3,000 hit vibe and just atmosphere was it just was it was just completely different it was amazing it was beautiful um like us as Tiger fans you better if you weren't there or if you didn't get to experience it or listen to it or watch it you better go find a way to watch it because I don't I truly do not believe us as Tiger fans will ever be able to watch another Tigers player play as long as Miguel Cabrera did in a Tigers uniform get to 3,000 hits. So I just think that it was a great experience, and I hope everyone everyone got a chance to be able to, to take part in that. Well, I mean, it's crazy because the game has, you know, been changing and people knock on – you know, loyalty in terms of players who are like homegrown in that sense and then leave for other ball clubs. Um, But I might have to challenge you on what you just said, because I'm only using the inning that happened as an example. I was going to bring this up later, but with what you said, it's perfect is, you know, you saw a glimpse of what we saw as a child, you know, growing up and watching baseball is the, the longevity and the consistency that Miguel Cabrera has always brought to the game. And then, you know, he, he makes history. And then a couple at-bats later, the future, the, the one that everyone is excited for, yeah. hits a home run. I mean, you literally can't draw that up any better. So, no. you know, I'm not saying that as a diss in terms of, you know, Torque would ever leave the t- – he's a rookie. You know, I'm just saying, you know. But, you know, if he's got that, got that potential in him, I mean, he no. could be the next one too. No, I agree. I, I do agree. I just think it's, I think it's so hard for players to stay home. You know, I don't, I just think with the money and everything, I just feel like it's so hard for people to like stay graphs, like just stay hold of a team that brought them in. But I, I hope I am wrong. I would love to see Torque, Green, any one of these young guns 
give us another great moment like that years down the line that maybe I or my kids will be able to experience. Um, so, yeah, that's actually – it's a great point. It is a great point. I hope I am wrong. It's one of those times where I hope I'm wrong. Oh, yes. I mean, it's just a different game. But um, but focusing on that, on that more, I mean, going to it, you were obviously – uh, going to the original Friday game that was postponed. Uh, we'll touch on this more. Obviously, people have an opinion on the Aaron Boone intentional walk. But at, with all of that happening, obviously the walk happening first and then the weather, uh, the doubleheader happening, and A.J. Hinch basically confirming the entire 48 hours that Miguel Cabrera was going to bat third in the first inning. When you were there watching it, even th- like, did you just think that – like? This is going to be it. He's just going to do it right here at the first inning. Um, well, to be honest, I was hoping at least in the, the first three at-bats because the situation was is that I was going to go to that. I was get I got myself all ready for the game before, obviously the one that got rained out. Um, went down there, had a couple adult ginger ales, and was excited to watch it at night. Like, I don't – I'm just a guy who loves bit, night baseball. So I was excited under the lights he was going to do it. And, you know, spent the money to get driven down there, spent the money to get driven back. It's just, it was very unfortunate. But then the situation was that I had to go to work the next day and I could only probably stay that 3,000 hit game until probably the seventh inning. So it was, for me, it was, I hope in the first three at bats, please, because I don't know what I would do if I was on my way to work. And obviously, the, you know, the radio is also it's magic of its own, but I was I was just hoping that I got to see it in person and um there was no yeah, it was just it's it was I'm very glad what I did what I did and bought another ticket, made made it, you know, prompt that I made myself sure I was down there to watch it because it is something I will never forget. So that is yeah. That's yeah, like you said, I mean, you never know who the next guy's gonna be. Exactly. So especially for the Tigers. I mean, three guys in the Tigers only as well. He's joining, you know, Ty Cobb, Mr. Tiger himself, Al Kaline, <laughs> and the living yeah. legend Miguel Cabrera. So it's I mean, yeah, you never know. Um it was I I wish, man. I wish I could have been there. Yep, I was clearly, you know, watching it at home. And my take on it, too, is, you know, um, because the Tigers, I mean, they had a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they lose the first game of the series to Colorado? Um, or It never happened. because It never happened. Technically, we won that. The one we did win was Miggy's 3,000 hit game. It was the last. I'm trying to think of just when. He, because we lost the last game of the series to the Yankees, correct? We lost the first two to the Yankees. We won the third one. When did he say this then? I because he, yeah, because the I one was, when he got walked, when he got intentionally walked. Remember he when the inning was over, he went to the crowd and put the three zero up because he said. Karma that's okay. My so, point was, I was trying to remember the exact time frame of when this occurred in an interview, but he had said, you know, I'm not all for the personal, you know, achievement of it. I want to win. I want to win, and I think that's what in a more like in a way kind of fires up the team, you know, obviously you're, it's going to be inev- inevitable that the hit's going to happen. You're going to see it. It's going to be a big moment. And it was, uh, but the end of the day is once that is over, especially in the first inning, they ended up obviously taking that game, tacking on 13 runs, but you got to win. So I think he was wanting to do it in the first inning to, 
to do it, get it over with, you know, and I, I think he's incredibly proud. A lot of good video messages that came in from uh, a lot of Hall of Famers, you know, Rod Carew, uh, Justin Verlander, former teammate. Like, it was great to see who will be on the Tigers next year. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's another segment we'll have to go through, but yes, that would be, uh, that would be magical. Yeah, you know, I mean that, you know, even um, that moment you saw in that inning alone with the hit and the home run by Torkelson, you saw baseball at its finest. Yeah, the future, the past, the-, the way the way I'm looking at Miggy and the way I'm seeing Miggy as a person and as a leader of the team, it's it's actually it's actually incredible. I mean, I don't want to say he hasn't been like this the past couple of years because I don't I don't know how he's feeling, but I can I, at least from a fan standpoint and as a person who loves this team there's something about him this year I don't know if it was the climb to him being the Mr. 3000 or just the camaraderie of all the young talent around him but you can just tell the way that he is now that he wants to win every single time he's out there and I I don't want to say he hasn't been like that because I don't know but I feel I can just feel that as a fan you can tell he wants it more now than these past very hard last couple of years. So that is in, incredibly true. Um, I believe that too. Is I remember, um, you know, in a group chat of one of my friends and everything, you're talking baseball. And my take was that, you know, like you had said, I don't know what it, what it was in the past. I know the team wasn't, you know, built for success. Um, but when, yeah, you can see it that he craves winning. And, you know, my take was this year that, um, you know, as someone of a Red Sox fan, I'm not comparing him to David Ortiz's last season. No, I mean, in age, I know it's not a direct comparison, but I say that as a compliment to Miggy because everybody knows that the man at his current age and current state still has it in him. He still loves the game. He's driven by it. He wants to be around these players in this clubhouse. And my take was that, you know, especially with the lineup around them now, you know, maybe not off to a hot start as we thought. We'll we'll talk about more of that later. But with the with the rising talent and um, you know, all of these guys hitting, my thing was that okay, he has to hit now. You're not saying he hasn't in the past, or you know, so not saying that hunger was there, but you know, this man is it's it, this is like Mr. Tiger 2.0. Like he's our generation of this leader and he still got it in him, so he can go do it. You know, and he he leads the team in hits right now with 15. I th- I think it's keeping keeping him youthful. I think it's keeping him excited, and I think it's rubbing off on other guys. And I really don't think you can ask for much more. You know, no, I 100% agree. But there is a so while we're still talking about the Mickey 3000 hit. Um, there was an issue of controversy. Yes, everybody was talking about it. Aaron Boone intentionally watched Miguel Cabrera. Uh, I understand the frustration with it. I don't know your thoughts about it. We can. I, I want to hear what you think. Uh, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. The only reason I'm saying that is because I was so much more frustrated that with the bases loaded and no outs, Jamer Candelario hits into a weak double play. And the base was – first base was open for not only one of the greatest right-handed hitters to ever step in a batter's box, but first base was open. The man is hungry for his 3,000th hit, and it would put the team up. 
I understand statistically some people will argue that, yeah, oh, I don't know why he walked him because Austin Meadows is better. That's a gamble you have to take, and he took it. I respect it. I understand, like, you know, I understand the saltiness, too. I'm not saying that that's not irrational. But it's not irrational, the decision that Boone made. Because I would have done the same thing, and I bet you. I'm no manager, clearly. But, I mean, almost any MLB manager said, oh, man, this guy who's chasing 3,000th hit to put his team up in a situation with runners on and first base is open, put him on first. <laughs> I mean, it's a good decision. You don't want to pitch to Miguel Cabrera at his home stadium doing that. Like, what are we doing? It was a smart decision, and I understand the anger. But come on. <laughs> no, I, I do agree. Um, I, I get – I totally get why fans can be upset, and I get also as a manager, you're right. Like I, I get it as a manager perspective that this guy's chasing history, and he has a – if he would have even had an even more chance, obviously, like you said, if Candy doesn't blow chunks all over the field at the most – like most – the most, you know, important part of the entire game for him to do something, and he hits, like you said, into a double play um, – with two outs as a manager, you're right. I'm walking Miggy every time. I'm walking him 10 out of 10 times in that situation. Not as the hitter he is now, but as the moment that it could have been. That you don't want to – like, as a manager, I would hate to be on the other side of that. Watching that 3,000 hit over the history of time and me having me be the manager, it's my team getting blasted, especially for what probably would have gave us the win like it did with the next at-bat of Austin Meadows. Um, you're right. Um I think also, like I said, where with with him being walked and also Meadows getting that beautiful bloop single, um, coming up to all the fans that were closest to the bench and just saying, "Hey, let's calm down. Look at the scoreboard. It says three nothing Tigers." I mean that that right there. I don't I don't even care. I'm, I I obviously if I'm a fan in the stand, I'm bummed, and I'm probably saying what also fans also said. Um, but the fact that he went straight to the bench and said, hey, let's calm down. They're like, look who's laughing now. So it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that just, that goes to show his willingness to, to want to win. It was a big moment. Everything was, you know, I would be pretty upset too, you know, especially, you know, you got a family, take your kids down or anything like that. You're like, we're going to see it today. And then <laughs> I would be a little bummed. I'd be like, yeah. damn, he really walked him, didn't he? Yeah. But it was, in yeah. my opinion, a smart decision. And that made me – so why the dreamer hate? I don't hate the man. I love – the reason I'm, I was more upset at that too was, you know, um, Jamer has been on this team. He's been a Detroit Tiger for roughly four years and eight months. Um, anyone who is listening to this, if they do, and finds a discrepancy in that, please correct me because I'm always willing to be corrected. But when you look at teams, the reason I'm bringing that up is like when you look at certain teams that there's like the, a, a level of leadership that you get with experience and uh, tenure. Clearly, leader of the clubhouse for this team is Miguel Cabrera. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. But when you have a core of people that have been with this organization for a hot minute in their careers and understand what the culture is and want to produce, especially when you come out the gate so hot producing, you are somewhat, I think, held to a higher standard, more so than the Torkelsons and the Greens and even the Haases. And I, I mean... You guys are the core of 
the Tigers. I mean, you have the Candelario. Uh, you have the Cabrera who's been here. Scope is kind of reaching that status with how long he's been here. He's kind of understood, you know. We have that. Those are the guys to be the leaders, even for the younger guys. Because, I mean, Mickey probably could do it all if he wanted to. But he can do it all if he chooses. You know, he's still got – he wants to produce with the team just as much as everyone else does. But, like, again, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm being so hard on Candy in that situation. You have bases loaded. You know he's coming up to deck, dude, on deck. Yeah. And it's a one-run game. It was one to nothing. In yep. that – like, you have bases loaded, no outs. Even if it, you have to get on base, you can't yeah. you can't do anything in that situation. And so. you're right. I think I, I, I do put – I put Candy probably right there with Scope. Like, if Scope – because Scope and him, I literally – I put them at the same – position of importance in the lineup where if they're both struggling, we're going to be in, we're going to be in trouble. And right now they are both struggling, but it's April. I don't want to be like, Oh my gosh, we need to, these guys need to hit the, hit the batting cages tremendously. And they probably do, but it's April. Um, I don't know the stats of where those two guys were last year at this time, but um I would say a month from now, if they're still doing what they're doing now, it is going to be an issue. So I just hope that the warm weather and everything else that comes with it will will get these two going. But you're right; it's you got to get on base. You got to you got to do something, not a double play, anything but that. So what you said, I think, is a perfect transition into to talk about the current state of this team. Um, because again, we just clearly haven't, you know, brought. There's a lot to talk about. Mickey's hit was obviously the bigger thing, um, but the last time we talked, uh, the Tigers did a trade, <laughs> a massive trade that we just that is playing a significant role in this team. Um, but we'll, his name will be brought up eventually as we go further into this. But the current state of this team, again, um, the date being Sunday night on four twenty four. This team has six wins and nine losses. They are currently a game and a half back from the American League Central lead. Um, of the 15 games played, uh, the Tigers have only won one series that they have played in, and that was between the Kansas City Royals. Away. Hey, I'll take it. You know, I mean, for some reason, Kauffman Stadium hasn't always been too friendly to the Detroit Tigers. It is tough to hear, but yes, that that is correct. It was on the road. but And I put an asterisk in my notes here. The last game was postponed, um, and that is being rescheduled and played on uh, July 11th. So, okay. hey, it was a series win. Yes. Um, no matter what, it's at least a tie. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a great way to – I mean – I'll, yeah. I'll walk out of there with that. That's You know what I mean? So I think yeah. the, this will dive more into what like my overall opinion is so far. I mean, not that it does matter, but it's an opinion. So the White Sox, yeah, took the, seri- took the first series in Detroit 2-1, to one, followed by the Red Sox as well, 2-1. to one. Um, And then they hit the road. A lot of home games played so far, first month. So it's very interesting, which kind of is a good for – fans but also sucks for them weather wise i mean not that kansas city is any warmer than metro detroit um lost two to one in the yankee series and unfortunately as of today lost two to one to the colorado rockies um so if you were to obviously have the espn app handy in your smartphone or laptop and you were to go to the 
current standings at the American League Central, you'd probably look at yourself and say, what the hell is going on? Because everything is just weird right now. There's no explanation for anything. There's injuries. We all, and by we all, I mean every single team in this division is playing in basically the same weather, if not sometimes worse maybe than the other. It's all the same thing. Everyone's cut. It's like it's equally just not a good period. There's no front runner, clearly. I mean, I'm not going to say there's a front runner 15 games in, but it's not a bad position to be in. So I see the stress out there with Tiger fans too. It's like, oh, everything. What are we doing? What's going wrong? Everyone's getting injured. I mean, it sucks. That's a reality of the game. But to be doubting that anyone who doubts this team in April, anyone who doubts their favorite team in April, Unless you're the Pittsburgh Pirates, don't. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. Like, and that's like I said earlier. It's April. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to already. I don't want to already be nagging or and bagging this team because, like, it is. You're right. It's early. Like, I want to. I want to stay with the camaraderie we got now. I mean, I'll take the six. Like, obviously, I think what my thought process was when we when we were here last time. I just was hoping that we'd be. Close to, if not very, very lucky, if we somehow got to this point 900. And obviously, we are 900, but we are, we're right there. I mean, I would have liked to have gotten one more win against the Yankees and maybe one more win against the Rockies, like I thought we should have. I think when, like what I was talking earlier, um, when we do score a an abundance of runs, like we did against the Rockies on Miggy's day with 13. We came out the next two games with two apiece. I just, it's just something that this team has always done, or at least within the last couple of years, where we go out and kick major butt, and then we show up like our bats don't work anymore. I don't know why that is. It could just be baseball. I feel like that's a lot of reasoning for a lot of things that happen. Is it's it's baseball, but um, but six and nine right now. I'm not, I'm not upset. I mean, there's a lot of growing to be done, and we've lost a lot of guys. So I will take the six and nine with where we are now. So yeah, we can. Um, my point going into this being six and nine. I said his name was going to come up. I don't know if Austin Meadows is if he's not on this team. I don't know with the injuries. This is just a hypothetical, of course. The injuries that have occurred, but Austin Meadows is not a Detroit Tiger. That record's probably worse. Absolutely. I mean, and that is that is hands down. Yep. Average three thirty three. <laughs> RBIs with nine on base percentage of four forty four. He leads as well, tied with Miggy and hits with fifteen. I mean, that move right before opening day. There's, it's not a season. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a energy saver. It's a we're going into opening day. We ju- one of our best prospects that was going to be in this opening day lineup just yes. fractured his foot. <laughs> what the hell do we do? <laughs> yeah. and, and it's applause to AJ. Cause I think you're right. Without AJ, without AJ, you're what we discussed earlier off, off pod is that you're right. I think without AJ, you're right. They wouldn't have made that move. And we'd be sitting here probably at two and 10 or whatever it is, or two and two and 13, you know, like we'd be in tough shape. So. I think Austin Meadows is going to provide a very big hole that was needed. And 
yeah, we were talking about give a shout out. I don't know if he'll ever listen, but I did get that from so I don't want to take credit for anything. <laughs> no, <but laughs> it was a good point that was yeah, I think that's a that's a testament to this uh this leadership. Um and you know, I think speaking of speaking of things of you know, there with every negative, there's a positive, you know. AJ Hinch at the helm. Uh Chris Fetter with what is what he is doing with this bullpen. Uh Go ahead and give it to the people. Where where are they looking at? This Tigers bullpen, which is a blessing in disguise, and I actually get to talk about it in a positive way because I feel like ever since I was a wee lad, I have never seen a solid bullpen as a whole with this Tigers team. And obviously we'll get into later of how we are starting to lose that solid bullpen. But with the bullpen we do have right now and as, as far as these games have gone – they are the fifth best bullpen in all of major leagues with a 2.35 ERA. Um, last year through this time last year, our bullpen had a 4.50 ERA and was 22nd in the entire majors. Um, a lot of guys stepped up and it's a nice thing to be able to see um, with how our starters are starting to slowly deteriorate and slowly start to move away from the starting roster it is a positive to see guys like Michael Fulmer and Joe Jimenez step up and finally, finally are with what we're trying to do here and trying to win baseball games and come out with a very good attitude and just completely dominate. Um, obviously we have other guys coming back hopefully soon and we have other things happening, but for now it's a beautiful thing to look at and a beautiful thing to see. Oh, Oh, you know, who's coming back. We do have big country. Big (laughs) country is coming back, so that will be a huge factor. Um, We sent down Ronnie Garcia today, actually, as of right now. So we're assuming, as minds of this team, that that is what the move is going to be: is that Shafflin will be with us and with this team for that first game on Tuesday against the Minnesota Twins. So that will be a huge, huge help. Um, uh, talking with injuries, we can now go through what what has happened with this team and what I I don't know what to think of it. We've lost seven main seven eight main guys on this team already through what fourteen games fifteen 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 games. It's it's crazy. Um, Victor Reyes who to be honest, hasn't even played that much, has gotten injured. Um, um, two main starters who were supposed to be the foundation of this starting rotation to help guys like Scooble who are overachieving. We've lost Mayas. We've lost Manning. Both, I don't know. I, they say 10-day ILs. I, I don't know. I don't know what either of them are going through. I know they're both sent down to Lakeland to go through both of their rehabs. Um, I think all we can do is just hope and I don't want to say pray, but basically pray that these guys could still be in the rotation coming soon. Um, without those two, it's going to be very, very difficult. I don't want to say that this team should start leaning towards what I think other major league teams like doing a bullpen day and just letting this. So like this, what is right now a very dominant bullpen, just go to work and not leave guys out to strand like Tyler Alexander, who has been struggling 
these past two starts. His first start was great. Um, I don't want to get into the Yankees fiasco in the first inning, though, which ruined his entire start. Um, but we've oh, also God. lost Jose Cisnero. We've also lost Funkhauser. I mean, we're losing it. And the majority of this list is not hitters. It's pitching. And I don't know what to think of that. Is it, was it the short spring training? Is it our medical staff? Is it our pitching staff? Are we, are we not doing what other teams are doing to prepare their relievers for not even reliever relievers also starters, just pitching as general. Um, I hope by next time when we talk, I hope we have all positive news on a lot of these guys and that maybe I'm just overreacting. But right now, I think it's a very big issue that we're losing a lot of guys in a very short span. Like uh, just the main focus of the pitching department. Um, Losing Victor Reyes obviously hurts, but we have guys like Hill who are going to step up. And obviously the big one, hopefully very soon within, you know, couple series we get to see the guy in Riley Green and um yeah it's just it's just something that we're going to need to hopefully have a positive talk about next time we talk yeah it's again there's no not that not that we know anything for sure that there's an explanation to anything of it you know all these injuries and um you know it's just cold weather yeah maybe the shortened uh preparation and spring training for the regular season but that's where that's where there's optimism that I have in this team now I you know you hear six and nine game and a half back in the central you know this team has gone through a lot of stuff (laughs) and they're fighting I mean that's where that's where you I think have uh reasonable criticism for these guys that are leaders of this team offensively is because like you said yeah if all of these main injuries are pitching and our bullpen is still managing to be the best at the, a top five bullpen in all of major league baseball this offense needs to wake the hell up i mean you know I, Mickey can't do it all on its own austin meadows cannot do it all on its own if you have every single guy clicking runs will be scored and you will win ball games trust your pitchers I mean, our, our offense, I think, is the only thing that's holding us back right now. But I can't be extremely critical of that, too, because there's injuries on everything. Clearly, we don't have Riley Green in this lineup. And I think from the get-go, that makes this lineup a lot more different as well. You know? But that's what's crazy is, you know, I also have this take in sports that there are no hypotheticals, and that is an unfortunate reality that we have to deal with. That is that the Detroit Tigers started off this season – without one of their top prospects. Luckily, we do have Spencer Torkelson, who has been, I think I said this last episode, I'm not going to be critical of him his first year. So far, the man's got three home runs. He hit in big moments. He's getting there. He has to see more major league pitching. It's not his fault. He obviously dominated in AAA. And if you were to go back and look at his first, like, two weeks in AAA, he struck out, like, 15 times. He had like a .90 batting average. The man was struggling, and he finished the AAA season with 30 dingers. I mean, come on. Let's relax a little bit. You have to have faith. If you have faith in A.J. Hinch, you should also have that same faith that A.J. Hinch and all of those people around Spencer Torkelson will lead him to the place that he needs to be and the player that he will eventually turn into. That, I think, is very possible. So... You know, there's some positives. Six and nine is not bad. 
I oh, there's, there's, anyway, right, there's, a, there's a lot of positives. And, like, I didn't get to go deep into the bullpen like I wanted to. I wanted to, to get the, the, the negatives out of the way, which is losing a bunch of guys. But guys, like I did mention, like Michael Fulmer, yet to allow a run. He's pitched in seven games. That is – it's incredible. He – every time he gets on the mound, it's it feels good to be able to feel confident about someone. Like, I don't want to – I love Joe Jimenez, but when he steps on the mound, I can get scared sometimes, and you don't want that. Obviously, when you – when you want your relievers to come in, be like, oh, man, thank goodness he's coming in because he. this is a guy who could shut the door. Um, Gregory Soto kind of gives me those roller coaster vibes. But he has a 1.59 ERA, and he's pitched in five games. He's got three saves out of three save opportunities. He's three for three. It's it's awesome. He has yet to to blow one, which is amazing because I don't I don't want to say he did a lot last year, but he, he could get you in – he could get you in an emotional – in an emotional way, like, please don't – please don't blow this. And right now he's, he's starting hot and it's, it's amazing. Um, Chris Fetter. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's, it's crazy. I, I, it's beautiful what he's doing down there. Um, these guys are dealing. The bullpen is a very positive thing to come with, but like Drew said, if, if these bats don't start picking up, it's, it's, we're going to be losing games all all year long, 3 nothing, 3-2, 5-2. If you go through all the games that we've gone through, a lot of these games are losing within two runs. And if you look at it, to be honest, almost every loss, except for a, a very few, did we lose by more than two runs. It's because we just can't produce runs. We lost a game to the Rockies 3-2. We lost to the Yankees 5-3. We lost to the Yankees 4-2. We lost to the Royals 3-1. Like, we're, we're not producing runs. And it's it's got to be, hopefully, obviously, I'm not a, a manager. I know A.J. Hinch is a brilliant man. He's got to be. He's thinking everything we are, that we have to somehow find a way to get these bats going. And I think with the 3,000 hit out of the way and all that maybe nervous energy, I, I don't know if it was – I feel like it wasn't just me nervous. I feel like a lot of the players were like, oh, man, like maybe – I'm sure Candy was probably nervous as, as shit when in that Yankees game. If I hit into a double play, I'm going to ruin it for Miguel Cabrera. Like, I feel like this 3,000 hit being over, which is beautiful as it was, it's going to help this team. I think it's a big weight off everyone's shoulders, the franchise shoulders. Um, I think I think what we just need to do is what we need to focus on is obviously getting the bats going because this pitching staff has been – it's been incredible. A lot of movement, a lot of guys being brought down, a lot of guys being brought up. That's just – it's baseball. But with the guys who are staying here and producing, like Fulmer, Jimenez, Soto, um, it's going to be nice. Obviously, with Big Country coming, hopefully he's another guy set in stone that you can involve with those four guys that just consistently shut the door on a lot of teams. So it's a good thing to see. I think there's a, a fantastic take that you had there. Because, I, I mean, maybe there's a little selfish in my viewpoint, too. Yeah, you're probably right that that thir- – that- 3,000 hit energy and that anticipation was probably rubbing off in other guys as well. Maybe a better reason that it happened more so at home. We ended up losing the series. You know, Rockies ended up taking two out of one. But that was home. It's over. Mickey's made it clear he wants to win. He's going to set that example. And going base off on the offense, wanting to try to, you know, start getting something going in terms of, you know, runs crossing home plate. Uh, we can take that into this little six-game road trip that the Detroit Tigers are about to take. Um, so tomorrow, Monday, day off. Thank God. 
probably more, you know, they, they've had two clutch days off in terms of the injuries that we've had to deal with for this opening month of April. So that is a huge advantage. Um, Tigers are hopping over the Great Lakes into the Great Lake, Great State of Minnesota. <laughs> Taking on the Twins in a three-game series starting on Tuesday and wrapping up Thursday. Um, Tuesday, taking the ball on 426, Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, this is a big one. Is this his – correct me if I'm wrong. Did he pitch away in Kansas City in that series? Um, uh, yes, he did. He – oh, wait, no. He did not pitch against Kansas City. His next start was – where was he at? I want to say it wasn't New York. He played Boston, and obviously he played against the White Sox. Maybe you're right. I think you're right. I think it was Kansas City. I think those have been his games that he's played. But yeah, I don't quote I, on it though. No, no, I'm just checking too because I wanted to see if this is his yes. first. His three games, he got the win against the White Sox. He lost against Boston, then he lost against the Yankees. So you're right. He did not play in the Royal. He did not play in that Kansas City. Um, okay, so Kansas City series. This will be his first uh, start away into Detroit Tiger uniform. Yes. Granted, I'm feeling a little good about it because this Minnesota Twins team is struggling. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Like, um, Sonny Gray hit the injured list. Uh, Carlos Correa is – I bet you some people are probably happy that he's not a Detroit Tiger right now. I mean, I, currently. People may eat their words later. Obviously, he'll come around. But right now, not looking good. No, I so, agree. Um, yeah, I think he can take this one. I think he needs to go in there hungry and aggressive. And this is – maybe this is his first prove-it game of the year. I. I would very much enjoy that. Um, I'm looking at the three pitchers who are pitching, and I'll let you continue, but I like Pineda and I like Scuba. I think this could be a fantastic series for this team right before a scary matchup. Get the bats going, eh? <laughs> yeah. No, but I agree yeah. that, that – I don't want to say as much as the word pressure is. That's an appropriate word, but – the, the wanting to perform. I think at the same time you're going into this in an away series, uh, you know, after losing two to one in the current series that we just lost. Um, offense wants to perform. Erod wants to perform. And you got a chance here against an AL Central rival with it looking like a very just weird division right now. And I agree with what you said. I mean, Erod, Pineda, and Scooble, I I thoroughly like that. I really think that's three wins right there. That's one, two, three. That should be one, no, two. I know. I, it's weird to say like that. I'm, I feel like I'm comfortable with those guys, but with our, the way our pitching staff is now, I see those three guys in one series, and I'm like, maybe maybe we could get something going here. Uh, Erod has yet to show me what, what everyone in maybe Boston saw when he did win that World Series. I'm sure – I'm sure he's an outstanding pitcher. I have yet to see it as a Tiger fan. I'm very excited to see that. I think you're right. I think with the struggling Minnesota team, Tuesday, April 26th, could be his day. He could shut the door, go seven innings, whatever. Three less hits, a nice juicy seven, eight Ks, 
it could be amazing. Um, I am waiting for him to go to go crazy, and I think I think his time hopefully is coming soon. Yeah, I think it's at least take the series. At least take the series. All right, well, I mean, you, you've taken one on the road already in Kansas City. You know, obviously, you know, sweep is desired every time. It'd be great, but two wins realistically. Um, two wins would be nice before they fly from Minneapolis to the evil empire that resides on the West Coast and the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, that series, uh, according to what I'm looking at, we don't know who's going to start that first game. Um, we're probably going to wait to see what's wrong with Matt Manning and Casey Myers. Um, they have the second and third game given to Alexander and Erod. Um, I, I would be happy to somehow take one. Um, I know what they're doing over there in LA. I know how good that team is. I would be happy taking one. I don't want to get swept. Um, it's going to be a very tough series. I think it's going to be a slap in the face for these guys who are struggling, like Scope and like Candy, where if they get absolutely their their shit rocked after probably hopefully kicking some Minnesota butt, that it's like, hey, let's 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 wake up. Like it's we're playing baseball here. Um, Jonathan Scope, I don't, I don't know. It's early. I don't want to be. I don't know what's happening to him. I gotta, I gotta worry. But he's also a veteran on this team that needs to step up to help guys like Torque and other dudes. Um, I hope against Minnesota we just see a lot of, a lot of bats. And we've been getting hits as a team. Like today we had a lot of hits and produced little runs. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know where that is either. I don't know if it's maybe. A, aggressive base running or things are just happening in the field. Um, we had guys today on first and second with, I want to believe zero one outs and it was a pop, you know, a blooper to left field and Grossman got caught in the middle of second and third, got thrown out at third where it could have been bases loaded one out, you know, um, it could be stuff like that. I don't know what's happening, but overall, I really hope this Minnesota you know, series is a big boost for our, our mental game with the bats. Two things about the Dodger series. One's a prediction, one's a wish. The wish is – all right, so I know this, like uh, – let me know how you feel about this. Obviously, okay. you want to beat the, um, the Twins because they're a division rival and will help us in that little boost. But I kind of wish that Scooble wasn't pitching on Wednesday – and yeah. he was starting the series in L.A., yes. and he just I, diced I, up 10 of them. Could you imagine that? Yeah. The, one I, of the best lineups school. in baseball, he just sat him down. <laughs> He's been very good this year. His strikeouts have been unreal. He's averaging over five a game. Um, he's he's being very – like I don't want to, like, overhype, but he's he's being the guy that he started to grow into very late in the year last year. And if he can continue, he's going to be a very main focus on one of those guys that hopefully is with us for a long time. Um, but you're right. That 10-10 game, Friday, April 29th, I really wish it was Scooble. And maybe we made Thursday. If – I want to say – I would say maybe AJ, if we kicked their butts the first two games, like, hey, maybe let's have a bullpen day and let's save Scooble for Friday. That would be best case scenario, but you're right. I don't – obviously, we're not going to get that wish. But – 
I saw the two, the little bit of the inspiration, um, because Hunter Green, obviously, with what he's doing so far in a Cincinnati Reds uniform, uh, when the Reds were in LA, and he, you know, he was dicing them up, throwing just consistent one on one. Obviously, that's not scoobable, but in terms of having like that, (laughs) that team with with a player like that, and you're like, oh, we're gonna go in and just hit the ball, and then you're like. Oh shit! This might be a little bit harder than we thought. <laughs> yeah, I would just like to see that. Plus, I mean, MLB is also a sucker for anything Dodgers content. Uh, lately, they have been promoting the Tigers. Thank you to the Miggy Boost of uh, two thousand two. <laughs> but That's yeah, how- um, my other my prediction for the series. I think Torque's going to hit a home run in Dodger Stadium for his first trip there. I like that. Isn't that it? I, I like think that, that a lot. I think I will, that can happen. I mean, he does he leads this team. He leads this team in home runs, which is crazy to think you about. Know what? You but said when you look at the team right? from the outside. I did. I did see that. That's it. That's my pretty it's gonna be off him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So we'll here we go. Saturday, Saturday, April thirtieth, around, you know, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night, Torkinson's Torque's gonna go yard. On Clayton Kershaw, I I like it. That game is going to be on ESPN Plus, so it's going to be for of course it you know, is. Even oh, everyone out. Is. Let's go. Tigers <laughs> been getting a lot of for everyone out, games outside of. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is nice. I'm I'm glad they're starting to get some love. Um, um. Yeah, LA is going to be a a very a very interesting series. It's gonna it's gonna say a lot about this team if we can if we can start taking down some big dogs like LA. It's it could start getting very exciting around here, you know, but we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm very optimistic. I think we can for sure take one. I would like to take two. I I don't. I think I said this as a point in the last episode too, and I've been saying it to my friends just as takes. This month, schedule-wise, is a difficult month. And to reiterate again, on what I said earlier, I don't think six and nine is that underwhelming of a performance considering where they're at. The only real harsh complaint is the freaking offense. That's all you have to change. Starting off this this six-game road trip right now, when you come back to Detroit, you have Pittsburgh, and then you're on the road again to Houston. Finish out April strong. I understand the adversity is tough. Um, I, if the pitching is doing it, if the pitching is doing it, this offense damn well should be doing it as well. That's my own. That's hey, the only thing we can be critical. No. I agree. I agree. Um, um, I was going to ask, so one, hopefully, I don't know the Riley Green status. I would assume hopefully he's probably coming back around the Oakland series, maybe the Baltimore. I doubt we'll see him anytime soon. Is it that soon? Um, I think they said within three weeks of when did I read that? It's probably a couple of days ago, so I would probably put him around a a May fifteenth, May fourteenth return. I don't know the complete that status on him. Um, it's way sooner than I anticipated. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't know that. that I, is great news. It it could be. I just don't know. I also don't know what the situation is going to be in the outfield. I assume it's going to be Meadows, Meadows Green, and then. 
It's going to have to be good. No, I know boots. you don't want to say his name, but he's getting the boot. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Know. He's getting the boot. I know. And he's been performing rough recently as well. Yes. Granted, he is also, still, this is um, his sophomore year, correct? Yes. Was last year? It's. Yes. Um, I, yeah. <sighs> I know. I know. I'm a big Akil Badu guy. I'm thinking it's Akil Badu. It is Akil Badu. <laughs> it is a kill to do. Oh, come on. <laughs> um. Yeah, it it's gonna hurt. I I just love just a guy just the way I am. I love a guy who could who's a spark plug, a guy who who plays with passion, and that is a kill to do. I feel like every time he's in a play or on base or up to bat, like you can just like, and being in Detroit, you can just tell. Like everyone, everyone loves a guy you can root for, and Akil Badu is one of those guys that even if he is struggling, you could still root for him. Whether it's making a funny thing out of his last name, anything like that, I love his glove in the outfield. I love it ten times better than Robbie Grossman's glove in the outfield. But at the end of the day, as we're talking, the bats have been struggling, and if Grossman can hit better, then that's just that's just the hard reality that um that we're going to have to take to the chest is that we won't be able to see probably a kill Badu anytime soon in this lineup when Riley Green does return, that he'll probably have to, you know, hang out there in uh, Toledo for a little while. Well, it's tough too, because Green comes back, right? We, the Tigers are just any team that has had, you know, an energetic guy, someone who's, you know, the utility guy, he would be this generation's or the modern day Don Kelly, but it's tough because you have the Castro brothers. But in order to be Don Kelly, chemistry-wise, you also have to perform like Don Kelly did. The man was a hell of a ball player. He came up clutch multiple times. If you were to stick around, you know, be a utility man with Green out there, uh, take an outfield, but Badu was consistently able to, you know, hit a baseball, get on base, drive in runs, score runs. <laughs> I mean, you can be that, but it's a little bit more difficult than today because you, there's, I think, more competition because Don Kelly, I'm going to say it, was, his, his, one, was in his own category as a utility man because he was yes. Jimmy Leland's favorite baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> Not for real, yes. it's tough, though, because you do love these – you know, these guys that come through. And, I mean, last year he broke through. And you, you want to see that come back. But it's going to be tough because, yeah. you know, Meadows is going to be earning the at-bats that he's given. Green might adjust. It'll take some time because he's also a rookie. And, yes. yeah, it'll take, it'll take time. Yeah, and I don't know if it will be the, the sending down of a kill. I just think that maybe a kill will turn into the guy – that if someone has needs rest or is not feeling well or anything like that, he will step up. I hope that he can be that. I I don't know what AJ Hinch is thinking. That maybe he thinks that Victor Reyes is that guy when he comes back or Hill because of his his speed and his bat is probably at this moment maybe better than Achilles already. Um, um, I have a bias towards Reyes because things. he's low key good and MLB the show. <laughs> I don't understand. And he is. I just no. don't get it. He's a fifth-round draft pick, and he's he comes up big sometimes. And you're like, well, I guess I have no. to give him at bats. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, 
Victor Reyes, what? He's probably played in he's yeah, he's played in ten games for us this year. He's batting two sixty one. I mean, if you look at Akil Badu, he's batting in eleven games and he's batting one eighteen. Like right there in general, that's it's a big difference. I mean the he can't hit right now and it's he has four hits in eleven games. It's granted every time he's hit the ball, he has as many runs as he does hits. And that's also why I like him, because the man can score. He's fast. He's he super score. quick. He hits, he scores. Um, he scores, we win baseball yes. games. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, it's, oh. and, it's, and, and he's not wrong when he says that. If if one of these outfielders like Badu or Reyes or Derek Hill step up, it could be it could be great. Um, obviously, it's I hope Riley Green's like that dude. Four good utility guys. Like, I mean, it's it's also good to have the trust in A.J. Hinch that he will cycle out the lineup in terms of what is productive and what's not. But it does pose a massive challenge and also a lot of confusion of you. Like, what is this team sometimes? It's it's a funny thing about baseball. Yeah, I mean, out of all those guys, like Victor Reyes, Akil Badu, Derek Hill, Derek Hill's only got the chance to prove himself in one game. But unfortunately, as much as it hurts for me to say, if I'm picking between Victor Reyes and Akil Badu right now, it's it's Victor Reyes. And Haas and, um, can freaking play the outfield. And his bat's hot. I mean, yeah. Hot, yeah. I Haas mean, can play can, left field or can, right field. Um, he can be a body in the outfield. Let me correct myself. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, what? Haas has played in 13 games this year. His batting average is only at 156. But he hits when we need him to hit, and that's what's special about Eric Haas. Um, Clutch, I don't know if it can be attributed yes. to a stat, but I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, do think, I do think that is a stat. I, I, do, I do think Clutch is a stat. Um, Eric Haas is Clutch, and I like, I like him behind the play sometimes too. I think him and, uh, him and Tucker are a great one-two punch. Um, I love when Haas is in the lineup. Um, hitting Harold Castro when he had to step up for um, when Harold Castro had to step up for uh, Javi Baez, Buddy's batting three oh eight, and he started in nine games. Um, also, kind of like a utility player. I mean, it's hard to sit that on the bench. I mean, three oh eight is it's what what would that be in our lineup? Our third best player, fourth best player. He's tied with Robbie Grossman, which I'm assuming is third to Meadows, Cabrera, Grossman, and then hitting Harold Castro. So because <laughs> he can hit, he can hit. He's playing he nine games. He's got eight hits. He can hit. Uh, got to give uh, him at bats too. I mean, yep. And when he doesn't hit, it's usually a strikeout, which is kind of like Javi Baez. So um, those two guys, obviously Javi Baez is Javi Baez. I'm not going to Did the Tigers have that. three walk-offs already this season? If um, Javi ba- well, all right. I, let me correct that. Javier Baez's home run in the top of the was it bottom eight. It was his home run was the bottom of the eighth against the Red yes. Sox. So that yes, was like yes. essentially a game winning. And then he had the walk off yes. on opening day. And then was yes. ha- Haas's was not a walk off. That was also a game winning. Um, if anyone's being very th- specific here. I think so. I think you're right. Because he hit his in the bottom so then, of the eighth. That was against Kansas City, I think. No, the Haas one, that was against the White Sox. Because you remember you pinched it? Oh, was that, was that opening day? 
No, the Baez walk-off was opening day off, right? Uh, the oh, right field well, because that, that was our only game that we won was opening day. Because we lost the other two to the White Sox. So if Haas did have a clutch hit, then we lost. But I don't think he did against the White Sox. So, I don't know for sure. That is going to drive me bonkers. There was a game <laughs> tying. Yes. That's what it was. Yes, it was in the bottom was. of the yeah, yeah. They were down four to. They were down four three, and he came in. It was on April the eighth when they were playing the White Sox. Oh, oh! So it was clutch to then bring up Javier Baez. Okay, so you're right. It. I mean, it was opening day, and then Javier Baez sealed the deal with his long shot. That was on opening day. We had a home. We had a game tying home run, and then a walk off after that. <laughs> That's yeah. insane. See, like I think so far it comes to yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to be yeah. a hopeless romantic, and I know people. I love baseball, and I can be so critical, uh, I, especially this freaking Red Sox team. We're not going to talk about that today. But it's I think being in the situation to reiterate again. This is just my thought. Um, this Tigers team now is to not not be mad at it. I don't know. I'm not saying that I'm complacent. It's you have expectations of winning, but again, it is the first month. Um, going off, going a little bit off topic, just to bring up a subject to compare this, right? Go ahead. Um, yep. So this happened a couple couple weeks ago. Did you see when uh, the San Diego Padres were in San Francisco, and I think the Giants were up like roughly seven to one, right? This is the bottom of the yes. bottom of the later innings, either seventh, eighth, or ninth, and a Giants player bumps, and the the whole team for the Padres and the manager Bob Melvin was very upset that he bunted that they bunted in a late inning when they were already winning by like six runs. And what made me like annoyed was people criticizing that, which is a whole separate conversation, which I really just don't want to highlight. But that someone said. Like, people were just having massive comments on the fact that, like, oh, that bunt was stat padding. It's April. What, what stats are you padding? It is the first two weeks of baseball. It's the first month. What are we talking about here? There's no stats to pad. And, again, Gabe, yeah, Gabe Kepler, you know, um, one of our friends in our Twitter, uh, you know, group message sent that, you know, what Gabe Kepler was saying and defending his players ultimately. But it's again, it's April. So that criticism of, you know, I'm not comparing the stat padding to, you know, being the patient, being patient of of a team that you support, but it is April. It's April. It's April. It's April. We have 162 games total. There's injuries, (laughs) cold weather. Teams have different situations. Teams playing different ballparks with different dimensions. There's so many different unique things in baseball. And it's so weird. It's like, I feel like since COVID, people have just like forgotten things. Like baseball is still the same. Things have not changed. It's very weird, very unpredictable. And you have to just view it as, view it as such. That's 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 where but, I rest. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's absolutely. I think it's absolutely ridiculous to get mad about anything like that. Um, and you're right. Like with everything going on with baseball right now, if you're gonna get mad at a bunt, um, you should see the other things going on in baseball that you should be more upset about. Um, like <laughs> being at a Yankees game 
Um, and getting trash uh, thrown at you, bro. Yeah, getting oh getting full beers goodness. thrown at you. Um, that's a different. I mean, that's something you can be upset about. Someone bunting, maybe because they're struggling on the day and they need a, a self booster. You can't get upset about that. But if you're getting full cans of beer thrown Props at you, to the players, other miscellaneous the did come out. Yes, <laughs> I did see. That. Yes, I, I did him. see. Judge um, had his hands off, and he was like, "Hey, guys, came, cut yeah. that crap out, you know." Rizzo, not Rizzo. That ain't cool, Pula. dude. That's just yeah. like, yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know if it's it ridiculous. Is really a New York thing. I would be literally <laughs> just incredible. I mean. I don't want to be the guy to be like, oh, it's a New York thing, but I just you don't see that anywhere else. You know, I, know. I don't. I would. You know, I, would be very, like, I don't want to be like, oh man, Yankees true. are a toxic team. But right now, with what it looks like, I don't want to go to. I, if I'm another team, I don't want to play. I don't want to be an outfielder in New York with the, maybe the things that they did say. I I've, I didn't read anything about it. I don't know what anything was ever said. I don't know what was ever done. Um, I did see a, a player climb on the electric on a fence and go. Two inches, two inches face to face, and have a conversation with someone in the crowd. I also don't think that's acceptable. I, I'm sure whatever was said was said, and everything was done. You didn't have to climb up there and say what you said, because I'm sure whatever he said probably also wasn't very acceptable. But ah, um, we have our first um, disagreement. You, you, you think you think that's you think that's I'm you think defend- that's all right. The like only that? reason I'm saying that is because as a Reds, um, as a Sox fan. Like, Verdugo, there's been, like, multiple instances where, like, he's been chirped at. People have thrown stuff at him as well. It wasn't to that extent. But, like, he let him know. He's, like, he was not happy about it. There was a couple times last season where that was very hot. But, again, it's, like, even the NBA, just as a sports fan in general, whether it was, you know, Russell Westbrook has always been pestered in the NBA. You know, I just – these people who are fans and have the entitlement that they can do whatever they want without these repercussions – like that's bullshit. <laughs> that's just my view. It's no, I, and you know, I do. Like, oh, I I do just... think it's bullshit. I do. I do. I think it's bullshit to a certain extent, though. Like, uh, like Kyrie flipping off fans and doing what Kyrie does is up to <laughs> him. Bullshit. He got fined for it, and you know that's I I understand, and that's and that's probably fans being verbally abusive towards him. It is what it is. Yeah, but something was done to him. He did get fined. He did. I mean, he wasn't. He said some things. He called people mean words also. Um, I think to a certain extent, as a fan, you're allowed to do fan things. And as an athlete, you're allowed to do athlete things. Like, you signed up to be in the major leagues. There's a lot of criticism that comes with that. Beer being thrown at you, I agree. And that circumstance is cool. Like, I understand the, the battle back and, like, the putting your foot down, like, hey, that's that's not cool, but I just feel like as an athlete, you're you're paid to do what you're doing and not to have your own opinion during a game to talk to someone like that. But in the circumstances like beers being thrown at you, I agree a hundred percent. Like there's just certain there's just certain situations where people are allowed to say certain certain things and they're not. So that's just where I stand by. Like no, I, I love I the think- player and I love the player. Fan interaction, tossing the ball pregame, like stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I guess it just depends on the situation. I don't want to be like, oh, man, these guys are paid to play baseball. They don't get to say anything. No, I'm not saying that at all. I think anyone has the opportunity to say whatever they want. But I'm just saying what the situation was already done. Everyone was already like 
push back, and then this outfielder, I think, I don't know, I forget what his name was, Straw maybe, hurt, man. had, had the, the audacity to go up there. Yeah. Not the one who jumped Not up. the one who climbed I think up. That was, but, that was not to – that's why he uh, cut him off. I saw on Twitter someone shared, like, he had a very good perspective on the whole thing. You know, you can cheer for your – like, that's what makes baseball great is being a diehard fan of your team. But yeah. um, he said specifically that a Yankee fan was cheering because one of the players got, like, a cut and on, on the Guardians, and they were cheering that, like, he got hurt. They were oh, celebrating. Uh, and that's what – yeah. No, but yeah. I, I understand I get that, that, too. I understand, like – uh-huh. It was hard. I was just kind of disappointed by the whole thing too, and even you know, I hate that. No, that Yankees. It's ugly. I hate no, the Yankees. It is. But they were. It was a walk off <laughs> too, and they were celebrating it, yeah. and then they had to stop. It took away yeah. from the win. The walk off when your own players have to be like, "Hey, I mean, that's uncalled for." It's it's know? tough. It's it's probably not a good position to be in, but you know, I mean, no, they were good sports about I agree. it. And, you know, all respect to them for it. So, yeah. Um. So yeah, we're approaching. A little over the 60 mark, we can highlight some uh, baseball things. I know you had said that uh, Comerica, when you went from Miggy's 2000 hit, was one of the you know busiest you had ever seen it. And I just I had seen a uh, a tweet by Tigers PR uh, that said yesterday's combined attendance for that for the doubleheader of just fans who cycled through Comerica Park for the day. Uh, yesterday's combined attendance of 66,201 was the highest single-day mark at Comerica Park since Detroit and Cleveland drew 80,153 between both ends of a doubleheader on July 19th of 2014. So, yeah, um, exactly. It's been, it's been a minute, man. Yep. Yeah, People and that's, and that's that. what I was saying. Yeah, and that's what I was saying when I said it. I haven't seen anything like that in a very long time, and that's – and I was – and I was – I was right there with it. I mean, they had they had forty three thousand people for opening day. Miggy's hit that first game with the double header. The little uh, double header was thirty seven and a half. So you had thirty seven thousand fans there to watch. That is incredible. Um, the next game had twenty eight thousand, which was already been and done. I'm assuming a lot of that is because people wanted, you know, maybe bought tickets for both games because they didn't want to miss it. So that's the reason why it's that high. But um. It's awesome to see. I mean, if you look at, like, White Sox game two, right after opening day, we were down to 17,000 fans and then 15,000 fans. And then the first game against Boston, 11,000 fans. It's it's crazy, you know? Like, <laughs> Detroit weather had you know, a factor. Granted, those I'm were sure. in the middle of the week, too, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But I think, too, like, theoretically, sure. let's say Mickey starts off the opening series against the White Sox and just hits, like, 12 singles. Yeah. You know, people, kids were skipping school for those day games. Saturday, exactly. clearly, it definitely helped, you know, bumping attendance and people had the time off to go, which was, you know, fantastic to see. Absolutely. Um, but it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. Stafford was there, you know, shout out. <laughs> Matthew shout Stafford. Out, shout out. Shout out my boy, Matthew Stafford. I get a lot of hate for that, but. No, I saw, it was, I, I saw on Twitter, too, that I didn't put two and two together. Uh, but apparently, because I know they uh, there's like a Matthew Stafford and Kelly Stafford like rec, rec center. They opened some facility in the city of Detroit. So I think they were there kind of. Oh, oh, okay. And I saw a tweet. Someone, just, like some reporter had said that, you know, like our Kelly Stafford made a comment that, you know, we our home may be in California, but our heart is in Detroit. Um, yeah, even the AT&T yeah. commercial that Matthew Stafford and 
Matthew Stafford was in over the, the course of the Super Bowl and the time following that, you know, made a little ode to his time here as a lion. So, you know, I can't – I'll never hate that man. <laughs> How could you? I mean – um. And, like, guys like Inglacius being the first one to hug him, super cool. I loved Inglacius when he was here. His glove was automatic. Um, he seemed like an unreal guy. He seemed like an unreal guy on the bench, unreal guy to be around. Um, seemed like every day he went out there with a smile on his face, which is amazing. Um, I loved him. He got to be the first – yeah, he got to be the first one to hug me. I thought it was an awesome moment. I thought that was um, terrific, too. And CJ uh, Crowns at first base. He had a short tenure yeah. here in Detroit. I did see. I know it yep. wasn't as much, but you know, Jose and Mickey clearly had more of a of a connection because they played longer. So, but that was yep, fantastic, sure. dude. That made me. I was, you know, grinning from ear to ear. So that was fantastic yeah. to see. I was seeing Verlander with his shot out, man. Oh, God, that guy can bring a guy. Can bring a guy back to reality with some emotions there. Um, I miss him a lot. Um, well, you won't be next year. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I would love for him to come back. Um, I was talking to a friend about this. This is my this is my stance. Uh, the man is getting paid in his age. He's still. He's a, he is also a walking living legend. The man is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, regardless of the Astros. Uh, you know, asterisk in the World Series that people debate about, but it's being that being said, he, it's not really up for debate. Uh, but the only reason I'm very confident in the fact that he will return is that I just feel like personally, don't know him obviously, but I just I know he has that connection and and he thoroughly you know enjoyed his his time with the Tigers organization and being in the city of Detroit as a whole. And he has an option after every single year of his contract. So of course at his age, I understand him getting paid and clearly respect that. But if the man ever decided to come back to Detroit, come back to Detroit, he, he would, I think. I really do. Open open arms, open arms, any day. Any day he wants to come back, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm ready. Um, I mean, yeah. Verlander, Verlander's message was also very cool. Everyone around the league showed love, which is amazing to see. You know, I feel like a lot of, a lot of these past years, this Tiger team has been under the rug. You don't, you don't see a lot, you don't hear a lot about them. But it was cool to finally, you know, see a lot of people reach out to, you know, guys like us around the league. So um, it was amazing. It was cool. It was a cool moment to be. Um, I'm gonna get my ticket that was electronic papered and i will i will have that for myself to keep um they said it was the only one they'll ever allow like turning your electronic or paper into like the real ticket only because of his 3000 hit which i thought was something very cool that uh comerica park did or tigers organization let happen so that was pretty cool um this can be something we always you know talk about in the future as well uh Miggy, with reaching his 3,000th hit, also just had a birthday. Uh, the man turned 39 on April 18th. And, you know, not to progress things in a very quick manner, he's 39, and last – or next year, 2023, is the last year of his contract. Uh, another reason why I also think JB would just come back. That's just my – I mean – 
I really, I, yeah. I really, I think that I, you know, if I'm a winning man, <laughs> I like the take. No, I, I, I would love for you to be right. I would love for, for this time next year to have Miguel Cabrera on his last year of his contract. Whatever he's doing, whatever he's bad, and I know it's not going to be. I hopefully it's what he's doing now. But for him and JV to share one more year together with the young talent we do have and young talent we have coming, it's going to be a very. I hope, I hope to say it's going to be a very special future. Um, if it's not this year, for sure next year, um, with being able to acquire JV and to be able to retire him in that old English team, which would be very important, hopefully for him and Tiger fans and, you know, just the Tiger organization in general, um, to be able to uh, have him, for that to be another great moment in Tiger's history, for him to retire as a Tiger. Yeah, I. it would be great. And, you know, there's always the chance to playoffs this year and next. So, yeah. Yeah, um, so I've only been – I know you've been to two baseball games this year. So I did go to one. Um, I ended up going to opening night for the defending world champions, the Atlanta Braves. Um, Got to see Matt Olson's first at-bat as a Brave. Uh, but it was electric. Oh, my God, was I just smiling the entire time because baseball was bad. <laughs> I was just – I was so happy, well, and it was just great can, to see. Can you crowd. tell, like um, – no, absolutely. Can you can you tell – is there – like, can you tell the difference? Like, cause I know you've been to a lot of ballparks. Like, um, is the Atlanta Brave, like, fan base something to be – like, something fun to be around? Like, oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> they okay. are very passionate okay. fans. No, it's a very okay. – it's a loud That's kind of like what I was asking, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. So, it's loud. It's – oh, my goodness. They bring a lot of energy, man. They really care about their baseball down here in the South, which is cool to see. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Next time I'm going back on May 11th, uh, which no. is a, a Wednesday. The Boston Red Sox come to town. <laughs> and the Tigers will be uh, at home against Oakland. So, we'll, uh, hopefully I can go to that game as well. We'll both be at baseball games. It's a 7-10 game, night game. That'd be nice. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wonder um, – so what time is that game for you on that uh, that Wednesday? I guess. Uh, I think it's a 7-10. Oh, okay, that'll be nice. Yep. Have you been to the Braves game under the lights or just during the day? Uh, both, actually. Oh, okay, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Um, well, guys, I mean, hour and 15 minutes, I think this is a great place to maybe put a hold, to put a stop. Um. Like we said, we got Minnesota, L.A. Um, I would like to be able to come back and talk before the Pittsburgh, that two-game Pittsburgh series. But if not, hopefully, definitely before the Houston series. I'd like to be able to talk before we go to Houston um, and have that four-game series against Houston. Um, it's going to be another tough one then. Um, hopefully, we have more – Hopefully we have more good things to talk about. Hopefully we get a lot of you guys returning. Hopefully the bats wake up. Hopefully we can talk more about hitting and pitching and less on injuries and hopefuls and stuff like that. Um, 
it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. This Minnesota series is going to be a big wake-up call. And uh, hopefully we have a lot of the good things to talk about then. I'm hoping they can finish this month off strong. But I'm, I, 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 I just can't. I want to be critical. It's easy to be critical. Like, it's cl- like being negative is, you know, a natural thing sometimes. But it's just like I'm not making excuses either. But I just think with working with, with what they have, it's not a terrible position to be in. I'm just hoping with where they're going and finishing off the month against the teams that they're playing, just hit the ball. You know, like Lee, Lee, like Leanne Tui said, run the dang ball. Just hit the ball. <laughs> Just hit the baseball. That's all we can do. Hit the baseball. You yep. know, things Let's are looking up. up. Let's start coming together. Yep, I agree. It's a, it's a good month, a good first month. And um, so, yeah, one thing, I guess, the final question that we can end it on with everything that we reviewed. So far, if you had a grade, what would you, what would you give to the Detroit Tigers? Through through the 15 games, it's kind of hard to grade everything at once because I would grade things higher than others, but I would say as a total team, um, C+. Plus. Like, I, well, it's just like as a fan, like I, I think they're, a, they're, a very, they're very above my expectations. I think I didn't think Torkelson would – and granted, he's not batting great, but he's – He's showing signs of a major leader, and I, to be honest, I didn't think he would this early. I thought it'd be a very, very long struggle. I just didn't think he'd be batting better than ours who have been here. Exactly. I thought he'd be batting much worse than the guys who have been on this team a very long time, and here we are with guys who have been on this team for a little while, and they're still below these rookies. Um, and that's kind of why it's a C plus. You know, like the bullpen is an A. Starting – a C and then the batting's like a D like you average those out. It's, it's in the C plus B minus range. Like, I think it, that's very, I would love for it to be. Is. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. And, and C plus. I think it's well-deserved, you know, I think it's a C plus. I think it's not horrible. It's not because I've, I've watched almost, I've watched is basically almost every single game inning to inning. Um, and what I can say is that it's been a lot of good. Like I don't, it's been a while since where I'm sit down. I'm like, oh man, I get to watch these guys play baseball. Like, I'm excited. I've been to two huge games already on days where I have to go work nine hours after the fact. Like, I would never do that. I would never go to a baseball game and then go right after both the games <laughs> I went to. I, I I both the games I went to. I worked until two a.m. that same day. You would never catch me doing that last year. I'm excited for this team, and. Um, if they can get me to the ball club twice already in three homestands, four homestands, I, I love it. I love it. I love going to the ballpark as much as I can. And the fact that they're getting me there, it's a C plus, you know, last year, no shot, no shot. Um, yeah. If the bats pick up against Minnesota, yeah. I hope the next time we talk, it's higher. I hope it goes up to a B, B minus. But like what Drew said, it's it's bat time. We have we have to hit the baseball, and we're hitting it. We're hitting it, but we're not scoring. So it's it's not also hitting. It's it's learning how to score. It's it's hitting on top of hits. It's not hitting once every inning and not producing anything. We have to build a hit in bunches, not just one guy at a time doing their job. It's got to be everybody. So I, I'm I'm hoping that the next time we talk, it's higher. I hope the bats wake up. Like I said, I'd like to talk before Houston. If it's not, we'll talk. 
when we can. I don't want to put a date like we did last time because it's it's just hard. It's hard to get together and do these things. But for sure, I want to talk before Houston. I would love to be able to discuss after Minnesota, L.A., Pittsburgh, come together, hopefully some positive vibes, um, and and just keep doing what we're doing. It's This is awesome. I love doing this. Uh, this team has already made – made a great part of my year. Like I got to see opening day win and I got to see the Miggy 13. Oh, well I didn't get to see all 13 cause I couldn't stay. Cause I had work, but I got to see both big, huge things for us. Granted, I missed the walk off cause I had work, but I got to be there on opening day. So I guess it's just better when I leave cause then they start scoring. Um, but it's been a great time. Um, yeah. And that's what I got. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, next episode, we'll do a dive in of uh, how the month of April ends up finishing out for the Detroit Tigers. We'll do a dive in into what to prepare for for the month of May and where expectations should be on uh, the offensive, defensive, and also pitching side of the game. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's okay. Everything is okay. There's nothing to overreact about. There's nothing to underreact about. It's 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 the game. You know, we've waited all winter long for this and to just form, you know, just hot opinions off the gate in this in this weird first month of baseball. Not only for the Detroit Tigers, but multiple teams are just facing different scenarios out there, especially within the AL Central Division. So we're excited to talk about that as well. Um yeah, it's going to be a fun season. We have, you know, a lot more games to go through. So uh, we'll be there every step trying to watch as much as humanly possible when we're not living our lives out there in the real world. Um, but we're excited to be there for it. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.